I recently bought a new computer. It's dark gray, very sleek, with a little silver apple on the back. It has many improvements and new features over my old computer. For instance, there's a little place where I can put my fingerprints and bypass entering my password. And there's far more storage space for all of my files. But the thing that I've most noticed about this new computer is its speed. I never thought of my old computer as being slow, but this new one has welcomed me to a whole new pace. Websites open as soon as I can press enter, and programs load in what seems like an instant. I like this speed because, after all, I have a lot of things to do. Emails to compose, classes to prepare for, sermons to write. The speed will help me get more things done and achieve more of my goals. It seems that I'm not alone in my desire for speed. Advertising, that true mirror of our desires, has recognized the market for all things fast and is ready to meet them. High-speed internet, same-day delivery, quick lube oil changes, fast food, acceleration is at the center of our lives. And with this speed, we do more, have more, become more than we ever could before. Our share of the world has grown larger. It took Marco Polo several years to travel from Italy to China. I could do so in just a couple of days. A message that would have required weeks to deliver can now come faster than I can snap my fingers. My ability to answer just about any question of fact doesn't require a visit to the library, just a quick search on my phone. But this more this faster has a cost. Soon we find that our lives are speeding by with no time to stop. We have to keep up with an economy that's work is never at rest. At one time, no mail ran on Sundays, but now even postal service trucks are delivering packages for Amazon every day of the week. Soon enough, Drones will airdrop our deliveries any time of the day or night, and we'll be anxious if it doesn't come in an hour. And though we think that we want these things, they are making our lives increasingly inhuman, set to the pace of ever faster machines. Though our technologies are new, our problems are not. Our longing for speed, for a larger share of the world, is rooted in an age-old desire. Instead of learning to live into the gift of our creatureliness and limiting our desires accordingly, we have long sought to manipulate the world, no matter if it goes beyond the limits of our bodies or the resources and capacities of the earth. We want God-like powers, and so we create our own gods.
to grant them. Though our idols don't take the shape of golden calves any longer, our relationship to them is not all that different from Israel's. As is so often the case for us, God was being too slow. Israel wanted to get on and move to the promised land. And here Moses was, on a mountaintop retreat for more than a month, with no sign of return. So they turned to their priest and demanded that he give them a god that they wouldn't have to wait for. But such a god didn't come without a price. In order to make the golden calf, they had to give up all of the gifts and treasures that they had received through Yahweh's blessing. And that's the pattern with all idols. In order to make something less than God into a god, we in turn have to become less than ourselves. As the psychoanalyst Eric Fromm put it, Worshiping the works of our hands makes us subservient to things. And in this process, we become a thing ourselves. So it is that with our increasing speed, our expanded having, we have become diminished, depressed, and anxious as never before. So how do we avoid this fate? How do we keep from making idols that will turn us into things? The answer is one that the early Christians knew well. It was, in fact, their key tool of spreading the good news of God in an idol-ridden culture of their day. It is an act that is the exact opposite of what Israel did while they were waiting for Moses in the wilderness. We can avoid idolatry by learning to wait, by practicing the virtue of patience. Many scholars aren't sure that the Romans even had a concept or word for patience. Theirs was a world like ours bent on having more faster. And to serve that interest, they had idols everywhere. But in the midst of this pagan culture, something odd began to happen. A new religion from some backwater of the empire started to gain converts, and at a remarkable pace. Some estimated even 40% per decade leading up to Constantine. Persecution seemed to even make this new faith grow faster. So why did Christianity grow so quickly? Ironically, it can be expressed in one word, patience. The early Christians wrote about patience. They preached about it, and they practiced it in their daily lives. As one second-century Christian, the apologist Justin Martyr explained it, By our patience, Christians will draw all people from shame and evil desires. In other words, by patience, Christians showed a way out of becoming mere things, 
captive to the idols of their own making. Justin Martyr went on to say that it was in observing the Christian's strange patience that the pagans were won over. Like those early Christians, in a world of ever-increasing speed, we can show the world another way through our strange patience. What if we were known as those people who are never in a hurry, who have time to stop and listen? What if we took the time to pay attention to the very young and the very old, the disabled and the inarticulate, those people who can't, don't seem to be able to just hurry up already? What if we talked to the checkout teller as a human being or reminded the Amazon delivery driver they are a person despite the system that clocks their every movement? What if when someone wrongs us, we are slow in our response? These acts will make us strange, but they will also slow us down enough to recognize that our lives are gifts within a world of gifts. The beauty of those things will be salt for a world moving too quickly to savor anything. How do we learn to slow down and practice this patience? Prayer would be a good start. Not the quick-paced prayers of petition, but the quiet, waiting prayer It involves just sitting in silence, a defenseless waiting before God, as the theologian Sarah Coakley has put it. Set a timer for 10 minutes or 20 and just sit waiting before God. It may make you antsy at first, still does me. But by the end of the time, I find myself slow down. I'm ready to wait a little longer, to be a bit more patient with those people and creatures that don't move as quickly as I want. And in that waiting, I find that somehow I've begun to fall into pace with God rather than the idols of my own making. God, the real God, who gives us the gifts of life instead of demanding them from us, turns out to be a slow God. He is calling us to come, to sit down, and to stay a while. Amen.